do a good stock take. If you've got damaged goods or you've got lost goods and you're not accounting for them, why are you having it held and not deducted and held as a stock take as an asset? You should actually get that all deducted. Today on the Help Me Grow My Business podcast, we chat with Joe from Joco Accounting about everything your business needs to know coming into tax time this year. So let's get into it. Before we jump into it today, please note that any information or advice provided on this podcast today is for educational and informational purposes only and should not be construed as financial or investment advice. Please contact your accountant for further information on anything discussed on this podcast today. Hello, Joe. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Nice to be here, I think. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your experience in the with accounting? I actually didn't start out like a traditional accountant. So when I left university, I actually started in HR and started working with IBM. I worked my way up to sort of a department head that had quite a lot of people, but then I hit a ceiling. So I just got bored and then went, okay, I'm just going to try something else. And then I moved into my own business and started doing business consulting. I traveled the world for seven odd years and then came back and actually was working, you know, part Australia, part overseas, and then family came and that wasn't a great career and then moved into accounting. So I actually went and back, retrained myself, restudied, did a Master of Professional Accounting and then worked in public practice for a while, got my experience there and then, you know, again, have moved back into my own business. I think it makes me a good, well-rounded accountant. I don't actually love tax and accounting. I much more prefer working with small businesses and people. It sounds like you've got a wealth of knowledge. (laughs) Well, yeah, you definitely have to when you're an accountant. It's not just income tax. There's a lot of other taxes and financial advice that you have to give. So you do really require a good accountant to actually have quite a lot of knowledge. In saying this, what tips for small business owners do you have to help them stay organised throughout the year? At a fairly basic level, and I know this sounds ridiculous, but actually set up a separate business bank account. So a lot of businesses, when they start out, they actually mesh all their personal expenses with their business expenses. And as a result, they really don't get to a stage where they really have a handle on where all their expenses sit. So my first tip is, as soon as you start out, actually have a bank account and try not to mesh your personal expenses with your business bank account. Keep your business bank account focused on as much as possible, just business. Then the second thing I'd say is, this is for people that aren't good with money. And by that, I just mean that really simply, that if they've got to lodge a bus, or they've got to pay a tax instalment, or they've got to pay income tax, and every time that comes around, they can't afford it, then you should set up two business bank accounts. You should have one, which is your trading account. You should have another, which is your savings account, have an interest earned on it. And every month, what's my profit for the month? What's 30% of that? And put that 30% aside in that bank account. And that will be there in order to pay your tax commitments like your GST and your income tax. And that will save a lot of your headaches. So that'd be my first basic level. Then after that, you're really looking at your accounting software. Now, I would say 
probably about 90% of small businesses now do have accounting cloud-based software and they've been forced to because essentially anybody that employs someone has is now subject to new reporting requirements as of the last financial year that they actually have to report to the tax office every time they pay somebody as to what they've paid them, how much tax they've paid them, what super they've paid them, which is called single-touch payroll. So cloud-based accounting software are all single-touch payroll compliant and it's forced small businesses to actually start to adopt that, whether they liked it or not. So if you don't have accounting cloud-based accounting software, there's four players that I would say most of small businesses have in some way in Australia. They would be Reckon, Intuit, QuickBooks, Zero and Myob. They're probably the four. Reckon is actually only very new to the market. I personally prefer Zero if people don't have accounting experience because it was basically built for small businesses that actually have no accounting knowledge that say this is a platform that you can use to actually manage your finances in your business. Whereas QuickBooks and Myob actually were accounting-based programs before. So they then essentially changed themselves to adapt to the cloud and adapt to people using them. Whereas Zero started with a, you know, a base that was just fresh. What one's right for you will become beyond a myriad of factors, but you can definitely just run a comparison, work out what is best for you. But yeah, you know, I would definitely think most of the clients already have them. The other thing is if you're thinking about it, do it now because all those software players at this time of year have massive discounts. Once you've got those two basic platforms, then essentially then you start to become organised. There are issues where people get this software, they use it, but they do not look at it for like three months. Ooh, recipe for disaster. It's hard work then. It's a real chore to actually go back and go, what is all of this? But definitely don't leave it any longer than a week. You should set a time a week every time to go, okay, I'm just going to get on top of things. Anything longer than that. And you just won't remember. And the final thing I'd also recommend is at least every month, you can actually just look at your business, work with your accountant, ask them what reports are good for you they can preset them and get them prepared for you and then you can just run them with all this conversation around being organized coming up to tax time what actually is the deadline for our small businesses this year to lodge their tax there's two main dates so the 15th of may 2024 is Mm. actually the date if you have an accountant they are able to lodge your 2023 tax return the only time they're not able to do that is if you were late the previous year So if you did not lodge on time the previous year, you'll move back to the date that everybody else has if they don't have an accountant, and that's the 31st of October 2023. So they're your two main dates. But definitely try not to leave it. Yes. So that was one of my things that, you know, I was going to talk to later. But, yeah, essentially the time you do, if you're a GST registered company, the time you do your BAS, your BAS is due for lodgement in August. At that time, if you've up to date and you're organised for your BAS, you've pretty much done most of what you need to do to be organised for your income tax. But essentially, you've got most of your business stuff done. You might need a couple of bank statements, a couple of loan statements, and tell your accountant what, you know, is significant as far as asset purchases. And that's it. 
I really encourage people, that's the time to do your tax because even if you don't have a lodgement until the 15th of May, if you've got a big tax bill coming, you've got plenty of time to prepare for actually being able to pay that tax bill. And if you've got a refund, why not get a refund now? Exactly. The longer you leave it, the harder it is to go back to because it feels like it was just a long time ago. So I think August is the key time that most businesses should have and the organised ones are. September is the busiest time for accountants because the organised ones definitely have their stuff in by then and we are busy from September to Christmas trying to punch out as much as possible so that people know where they're at. I just want to say one other thing though, and it's not a law thing, but it's actually a tone that's changed with the Mm -hmm. ATO this year. So essentially the ATO's tone has significantly changed. So in the COVID days, if you didn't lodge on time, you used to be maybe get some penalties, maybe get some interest. And even if you did get charged some penalties and interest, you could go to the ATO and you could really use a poor excuse, like pretty much my dog ate my homework excuse. And they most of the time would go, no problem, as long as you pay what you owe us, we'll wipe the debt, we'll wipe the penalties, you're all good, unless you've defrauded and done something really dishonest. But most of the time that was where they were. They are not there now. No. They are definitely in a space of debt collecting mode. If you are late, they will penalise you. They will put interest on you and you go and ask them and unless it is a really good excuse, they will say no. So that's the other significant thing that I feel businesses are going to have to deal with and get their mindset into. Are there currently any tax credit or incentives available for small businesses? So there's two that aren't yet law but plan to be, well, they're aiming to get through for this financial year and they're called the Small Business Technology Boost and the Small Business Skills and Training Boost. You can search on the ATO website now for those two boosts and it will give you some details of what they think it's going to roll out and how that's going to work. But as I said, it's not yet law but is expected to be very soon. So essentially what those boosts are are that if you spend a certain amount on a type of expense, which I'll talk about in technology or in skills and training, they're going to give you another 20% worth of deduction. So if you spend $100 on it, your deduction is going to be 120%, but it has to be in these two key areas. But the technology space is quite simple. So, you know, the examples that the ATO give is if you've got cloud-based software, that's included. So any money that you spend on those type of technology platforms that underpin your business, that show you're moving to more using technology, essentially they're going to allow you to actually deduct more than what you paid for it. So another 20% on top. The skills and training is the same. So if you send an employee to a workshop or a training course that's outside of the organisation, any money you pay, you can get an additional 20% as well. There is the small business tax offset that's been around for quite some time. They've increased that last year to 16%. That's a bit of a misnomer. If you're a company, your tax rate's 25%. That's the small business tax rate. If you're not a company, if you're a trust or a sole trader, then you can take this small business tax offset with you and they say that you're entitled to 60% less tax, a rebate, but it's capped at $1,000. So really your small business tax offset, I always say, is about 
$1,000 extra, but all small businesses are entitled to that, large businesses are not. And then the final thing I would recommend is a website called business.gov.au. On there, there's a grant finder. So you can actually put in the parameters of your business, whether that, you know, what type of business you're in, how many employees you have, what's your revenue sort of like, where you're located. You put in like basic stuff and then it spits out lots of recommendations as to what grants are out there in the government space that you may be entitled to. And do it quite regularly because it changes quite regularly, but just have a look at what sort of grants are available to you as a business. Going back to the tech incentive that you mentioned before would that be something that a small business could use to purchase a website for example I believe so it's always the devil in the detail in these laws and it's not law yet but yes from what I've read in the parameters that is entirely a predictable option so it's a bit of watch this space I guess what I would do I don't know how you get messages out to your clients but if it did become law and it was a a website I'd just shoot you an email so you can let your clients know that that's absolutely an option but yes based on what the rules are saying right now that could absolutely be the case of investing in your business and then getting an extra 20% deduction. Wow that's good to know. There is Definitely a lot of noise around AI and machine learning. Yes. But is this something that small businesses should be utilising at tax time or relying on at all? Or are we not yet there yet? Oh, so they say, you know, yeah, they say you're going to not need an accountant very soon, but something you can do and use some of the, you know, artificial intelligence out there. So I know everybody, you know, the craze is chat GPT. Yep. You can actually go and go, I'm a Tyler working in Australia preparing for tax time, what deductions should I think about? And it will spit it out. The ATO does have a list, but obviously this, you know, software looks at lots of other things. It will spit out and I've run it on a couple of my types of clients and businesses just to have a look and go, you know, how good it is. And I think it's actually pretty good. Are there any deductions that small businesses usually miss? (laughs) The biggest one, which I just blows my mind, is actually accounting fees. Oh, Wow. So I don't understand that. And if you've not claimed your accounting fees, then I sort of go, your accountant is not doing their job because yeah. your accountant knows what you've charged them and they sh- that should be their first check. But that's actually the biggest, which is just mind-blowing to me. The second one, this is just stats, but essentially union and professional fees. Mm-hmm. So anything that you're required to be a member of as part, part of your industry often gets forgotten income protection insurance so life insurance is not deductible but income protection insurance is deductible that often gets met and then the final thing which is a bit quirky is just sun protection if you're outside you can claim your sunscreen you can claim your sunglasses and that's you know quite a common one to be missed where can a small business owner go if they want to find more information around the australian tax laws and requirements if you type up ato business webinars there's a site and it has lots of webinars that you could watch there's a small business forum that you could actually subscribe to and it is actually pretty good so that's one place I've already mentioned the business.gov.au that's actually a really good resource and a really good website not just for grants it does actually give you you know fair work insight not just accounting insight that's actually a good website now before we wrap up today what are your top three tips for small business owners around tax time So my top one is look at your debt. If you've got customers that are not paying you and haven't paid you for a long time, write it off before 30 June. There is no point paying income tax 
on income that you haven't received and are very unlikely to receive. If you've written it off and then you do happen to get it six, 12 months later, you can actually then bring it back in as income. So you're not doing anything dodgy, but you really should look at your debt and reflect on it and go, actually, there's a hell of a lot of stuff here that I'm never going to claim because you do pay tax on income that you have not yet received. So that'd be my first one. My second one is do a good stock take. If you've got damaged goods or you've got lost goods and you're not accounting for them, why are you having it held and not deducted and held as a stock take as an asset? You should actually get that all deducted. So I really think it is important every year, do a good stock take and make sure you really do know what stock you've got available and on hand and what inventory you've got available on hand so that you're not holding or declaring you're holding more than what you actually have and that you're getting the most tax deduction. If you don't have inventory, another thing to look at is petty cash. That's often a very common sort of leakage of where people don't really look at it. It's a little bit here, a little bit there, but it can add up very quickly to a, you know, a few thousand. And the other thing to sort of reflect of what we talked about before is just once you've done your bass, get it in, get your tax in, get it in early and then know where you're at. That would be my other big suggestion. Amazing. So stay organised. That's the key. <laughs> well, I think that's all we've got time for today, Joe. Thank you so much for coming in. That's all right. Really good to be here. This podcast is brought to you by Local Search, one of Australia's leading full suite digital marketing services. They help more than 28,000 Australian businesses, making everything from building a website and SEO to Google ads, social ads and more easy, effective and affordable. Go and check out their more than 400 online reviews. And while this podcast will give you the basics, if you do need a hand, visit business.localsearch.com.au. We respectfully acknowledge the Yukon Bear people, the traditional owners of the land in which we record on, and pay our respects to their elders past and present.